My name is Dustin. And my name is Jessica. We are the Popcorn Poops. Here at Popcorn Poops HQ, we produce a movie podcast and commentary track hybrid that may be synced up to whatever film we're talking about or enjoyed as a standalone audio program. Today, we will be watching the 2003 film Old Boy, directed by Chanuk Puck. If you are syncing this recording up to the movie, go ahead and start the film and then press pause as soon as the Show East logo cuts to black. It's time to start the movie. Sinkers, press play at the beep after the countdown. Ready? Three, two, one. And we're watching Old Boy. I'm very excited about this. This is, uh, again, one of my favorite movies. I, I feel like I say that every single time we, we record. Well, but... I don't think we've really gotten into stuff that we hate yet. No, not yet, not quite. We we've we've dabbled in some less than some some films that are considered to be less than great. Um, are you talking about the Buffy movie again? Well, I, I I would I would concede that Dumb and Dumber is maybe not the oh, greatest movie. Um, also, Hook Hook is not the greatest movie, but they have movies that have a special place in my heart. So uh, whether or not they're really good, they're still considered uh, my favorites, and we're still we're still in. Uh, that group of movies that I consider to be my favorites, and again, this is uh, this is pro- probably in my this movie's probably in my top twenty of all time. Is this your favorite Korean movie? Uh, yeah, probably. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, other Korean movies that would be in that list would be um, the the same directors uh, Puck's other uh, revenge movies yeah, in this trilogy a part of the the vengeance trilogy the first of which is uh sympathy for mr vengeance mm-hmm. the third of which is uh lady vengeance which is the best one that's your favorite it's <laughs> no they're all great movies they're all definitely they're all great and movies. in this trilogy i kind of go three two one i go lady vengeance and then old boy i'm two three sympathy. one old boy lady vengeance and then sympathy and uh they're they're not connected in any way, um, only thematically, but not narratively. Uh, Character wise, there's no no connection whatsoever. So you can just watch any of them. They're all standalone films. Although I do I do feel like Lady Vengeance is it has a sense of closure to the mm. to the whole series. Yeah, I think so. It, well, it doesn't end on such a awful terrible feeling as this movie does and yeah i mean i would say i don't remember how sympathy ends but it must be bad well i think bad is in like uncomfortable oh it is it's it's not a happy ending this is not a happy ending either i would say lady vengeance is the closest it gets i don't know if it's quite happy but not quite like you feel closure you do you feel satisfaction Yes, so, absolutely. There's no satisfaction in this movie. No, the, the, it's all about sympath- taking taking sy- away satisfaction. Not to spoil it, but sympathy has closure. Uh, this one doesn't really have closure. It has kind of an ambiguous ending, and uh, Lady Vengeance does have closure, and it does feel like kind of it kind of nicely thematically bookends the entire series. Um, but yeah, this this is my favorite of those three, and probably my favorite Korean film uh, that I've ever seen. Not that I've seen a whole whole bunch mm. um but i've seen probably 15 or so 15. i've seen a bunch of k-hars there are a few k-hars yeah, i've really probably like. seen 15 or 20 korean movies this is this is probably my favorite um but and the host i love the host, the host i know great. i know everybody knows that movie but it's 
one of my favorite monster movies. I mean, as as far as like what order you watch these three movies in, like I said, it really doesn't matter. Uh, But I was fortunate enough to watch these three in in order. Yeah, in the order that they were released. Mm. Um, I saw the first one at the Nashville uh, Nashville International Film Festival. I think it's international or independent. I think it's international. Nashville International Film Festival. Uh, And then I saw the second one when it was in a limited release um, at the little art house film uh, art house cinema, the Bell Court in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And then I think I saw Lady Vengeance there, too. I think did I go with you? Is that Perhaps. Where I saw or it maybe I saw Lady Vengeance at Green Hills. Green Hills in Nashville also play, although it's a Regal Cinemas, they 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 do tend to play some limited run movies from time to time. Um, but yeah, I did get to see them in order. Most people see Old Boy first, and then they go back and they watch the other two. But uh, I actually got to see them in order, and that was pretty cool because I I think they are in a weird kind of way they work best in order. But this is your favorite. It is indeed. Um. So we started off the movie and. We get right at it with with him saying, "Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you my name and and the meaning of his name." He tells us right away is getting through one day at a time. Yes. So that's definitely. I think. And here at the very beginning, he he says he can't get through this day, which comes up later again. He says that later on in the movie, he says, "I can't seem to get through this day either." But I think it's really kind of his character where. I mean, over the course of 15 years, gets through one day at a time yeah. and becomes well, the, becomes the person. The passage of time itself thematically is, is a theme huge. that that, yeah. is, that is supported by a variety of motifs in this movie, um, one of which is, is coming up here very soon in the uh, opening credit sequence. I love this. I love this image right here before we leave, leave it with the X on the street and it's got an arrow pointing in that direction, yeah. like, don't go this way. And that's the way he was obviously taken and the way that us as the viewers are going. It's a good image. So, I've just noticed for the first time that this umbrella matches the, the pattern. Pa- the paper. Yeah, it's all the, the... matches the pattern of all of the stuff that the the villain, so to speak, if you can, you know, yeah. the antagonist. Wu Jin. Uh, Wu Jin or Evergreen um, covers all of his packages, his clues and whatnot in. Uh, but we've got the opening credit sequence here, uh, like I said, uses the... Again, the time. Motif of clocks to support its uh, passage of time theme. Well, and, and even like the ticking of the the way the letters are ticking and the names. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the uh, the design of the the logo for the movie right here, where it the the D and the Y. What what is the meaning of Tick. old boy? I an, know later they say it in the school chant, like the school he went to. An old boy is an alumnus of a prestigious, uh, y- usually it's an all boy, well, boy, obviously, but like an all boys academy, a prestigious all boys academy. Um, oh, okay. But there is such thing as an old girl for, you know, the huh. an all girl school. Okay. Yeah. Rich kid stuff. Rich kid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Something I would know nothing about. <laughs> Got it. Uh, but this is uh, our main character here, uh, Odessu. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, give our disclaimer. Disclaimer, right, right, right now. Yes. Where we we do not speak any Korean. Mia culpa, mia culpa. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to you know, we 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 can skimp by with Spanish, like in the yeah. orphanage. I speak Japanese. I've, yeah, I've lived in Japan right? for four years. I speak Japanese. I can pronounce. You speak Japanese poorly. Yeah, I can. I can pronounce Japanese words for days. Korean words right. is a whole yeah. different story. So, so much apologies for, especially to. So when I try to pronounce Korean words, they kind of sound like Japanese words. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
uh, much apologies, especially to my friends who, some of some of my friends who teach in Korea, who I know listen to this, mm, who have lived who will, in Korea, yeah, will be I've laughing a, at us the myself. way that yes. we laugh at other people when they, we don't laugh at people. We do a little bit. Okay. <laughs> when they mispronounce Japanese <laughs> we're, we're bad people. We make fun of people. <laughs> uh, but so we've got uh, Odesu, uh, played by Min Sik Choi, uh, who does, just does a, a terrific job oh, in this movie. Ah, the painting. <clears throat> it's already changed. We missed it in the first scene. Ah, uh, yes. So this. <laughs> I love his smile. <laughs> <laughs> so this painting right here uh, is a real painting called uh, "The Man of Sorrow." That's the title of the of the piece, and it's by a Belgian painter named James Ensor. And it has an inscription on it, or or a, a quote on it, uh, that says, "Laugh, and the world laughs with you. Weep, and you weep alone." Uh, and these are the first lines of a poem, yep. a famous poem by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Uh, called i believe it's solitude i i think there are two titles to okay. the poem the the one that i know it by is the way of the world okay um but both are uh, correct i both i guess so titles. i i hadn't heard solitude before but um but then i looked online and it seems that's what a lot of people call it the the following lines are for the sad old earth must borrow its mirth but has trouble enough of its own and it's a pretty famous poem this is probably i mean it's definitely her most famous poem the story is really cool though for how she got the inspiration because it definitely ties into this movie mm-hmm. as it should she was going uh ella wheeler wilcox was going to a governor's ball in wisconsin and she wound up while she was traveling sitting next to a woman who was all in black who was crying a widow clearly and she spent her trip trying to console this woman but by the time she got to the ball she was so depressed that she could barely attend the ball and when she arrived she she goes up to this mirror and you know trying to i guess trying to conjure the or like the ability to go and participate in society after mm-hmm. being in such a sad setting for so long and she looks at her radiant self in the mirror and that's when she wrote the lines that's really interesting because as he looks at the painting and kind of mimics the the image in front of him uh he, he not only that, but later in the movie, uh, it's starting here, actually, uh, there's a lot of imagery that has to do with mirrors. Well, even in that exact scene, like he yeah. was looking at the painting, mimicking yeah, the expression. Yeah, mimicking the visage, yeah. Uh, so. That's, that's, it's really interesting. And he's about and yeah, to. Yeah, a lot of he's, mirrors. He's hallucinating now. He's hallucinating that he's got ants crawling out of his skin and all over his body. And this is going to end with him breaking a mirror that'll be the first of two mirrors that he breaks. And then we've got a, a scene of dialogue that happens toward the end of the film uh, where a huge wall-mounted mirror is you know, central to the mm. scene. And then also... The uh, important scene with the... Yeah, and the flashback, the, the uh, ostensible inciting incident of all of the events right. of this movie. Where the uh, sister's holding the mirror right, while the dirty deeds hand, are going on. Yeah, a hand mirror. And also involve him looking through a broken mm-hmm. glass pane yeah. at, you know. So uh, it's definitely, I mean, yeah, it's, it's all over definitely the place, yeah. in there. Definitely in there. So that's, that's interesting. And I didn't, I wouldn't have picked that up unless I'd gone back and figured out her inspiration for that poem. So it, it's pretty cool that they went that far with it. So we've got um, our main character, Odesu, we haven't, we haven't said yet, uh, has been imprisoned. He's going to be imprisoned in this kind of dingy hotel-looking type prison for 15 years for, he, he has no idea why. 
no clue why he's being in prison. He doesn't know who's doing it to him. Uh, but before this, we did see that he uh, was kind of an awful person, kind of a terrible, yeah. terrible person. Spent a, a, his daughter's birthday uh, pissing. Trying. <laughs> trying to take a piss in the police in station. Police station. Uh, this this is the first moment of this movie that sets off the tone of discomfort. Like, this was the moment where I was watching this and I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those movies where I'm going to sit here and mm-hmm. have some trouble watching it. This drawn out masturbation scene where he doesn't even finish and it's just really awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um. But so he's he's tried to kill himself once already, and we've already the blood stains on the floor are are uh, having them as part of the background is nice to me. Like it's a nice touch, I think, especially in the scene where where the hypnotist comes in and she walks across them, and it's just that it's just looking at the blood stains. Mm-hmm. The ants thing. What is what is that about? Because we get that later. Like I looked up you know, the kind of drugs that make you hallucinate and see bugs and it's like LSD or um, methamphetamines or Ritalin. But it's but I don't think he's given those kind of drugs. So. No, well, he's given some kind of drug in his drink, I believe, that allows him to be more susceptible to, to hallucination. And it's the, I think you made a note about it and it was the sodium barbiturate oh, the or truth something serum? like that. Yeah, the truth serum. Yeah. Um, and... That could be it. He also makes makes mention of the gas that comes out of the wall when the sodium music plays. Pseudo, sodium pentothal. Uh, truth serum. I don't know if that makes you hallucinate, um, but he does mention the gas that comes out of the wall is, uh, a, is a Valium gas yes. that was used by uh, Russian special forces uh, against, um, I guess, Chechen terrorists? Is yeah. that what he says? It was... Um, I, I, my worldly knowledge is pretty small for someone who lives in another country well <laughs> but um you and i both have american education that's <laughs> true so. so uh but apparently this it's a reference the he talks about this volume gas and it's a reference to the moscow theater hostage crisis in 2002 mm. that had to do with islamist militant separatists who took 850 hostages and they were trying to end the second chechen war um but what wound up happening is that the Russian soldiers used a gas to subdue these terrorists and they wouldn't tell the doctors what kind of gas they had used, like what it was made up of. And so the doctors didn't know how to treat the hostages that were also affected by this gas, obviously, because they were trapped in the theater too. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, like 130 hostages died because they couldn't get proper treatment. Wow. Wow. Apparently, the world still doesn't know exactly what this gas is was made up of. But so it might have been Valium. M- maybe, maybe it had, had components that. of okay. that or something in it. But anyways, him saying that like this is the gas is kind of like he has information that the whole world still doesn't have. So that's interesting. That is interesting because like not knowing what the gas is was the big controversy of this incident. So. So we're we're seeing now uh, the progress. It's kind of a montage of uh, world events and the passage of time. And again, uh, so many I don't know. World events, <laughs> lots of which we don't know because that's an American education for you. <laughs> and and I know these are important to Asia. A lot of them are, uh, you know, central to Korea. Right. Lots of Korean stuff. Um, 
but of course, like we recognize Princess Diana and 9-11. Um, it's interesting to compare this to the montage that we get from the American remake of this, where yeah, it's where we totally actually do get, all American. We just saw uh, the you know some famous shots from 9-11, from the 9-11 mm-hmm. terrorist attacks, and we get those in the, the remake as well. But the, the remake, of course, has more stuff like, you know, the inauguration of President Clinton and then mm. President Obama. Um, not a whole lot of Bush now that I think about it in retrospect. <laughs> it just skipped eight, eight years. Yeah, you know, whatever. I think, I, think, I think they did show a shot of the mission accomplished thing on the, on the um, battleship. They also, in this, they also, uh, one of the clips from a ways back talked about the Songsu Bridge, mm-hmm. which was a bridge that collapsed in 1994 and 32 people died, 17 were injured. Oh, wow. It was a big deal. But that, that dated that scene. Uh, to 1994. I see. So, so Odetsu is making progress. Uh, he's, well, he's, he thinks he is. He thinks he is. He's finally reached the outside, um, and uh, he's tasted rainwater for the first time in uh, like 15 years. He's right at the end of his his stay here. I guess this is the last time uh, he's going to be put to sleep by the gas. But but he's going to get robbed of his success as he does right. repeatedly throughout this movie. Yes, that's a that's an ongoing um uh, problem for him is that his efforts are thwarted uh time and time again. He thinks he's about to his get out. His successes are stolen from him over and over, over and, and over. And over. He thinks he's about to get out and he is about to get out, but it doesn't have anything to do with him, you know, chipping away at a brick wall with a metal chopstick for what eight years or whatever it is that he 11 years so so that's horrible see see look it's this shot is totally focused on those bloodstains and on her standing right on them yep um but this uh, this all scene also highlights one of one of my few this scene also highlights one of my few problems with the movie and that hypnotism and that is the hypnotism uh plot point um for a movie that's so gritty and so, I guess, realistic in ways, um, uh, a lot of the shots are very, uh, the, the cinematography itself is very, very organic. Um, I, I don't know who is the cinematographer. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a, a, a DP by the name of Christopher Doyle, who tends to shoot a lot of really gritty um uh, urban uh, but somehow organic and living uh, uh, he kind of makes urban atmospheres and urban ur- urban settings really organic and alive feeling grimy grin uh, grungy mm. you know that kind of thing um, also feels a lot like the works of David Fincher uh, the director David Fincher uh, who did like Fight Club for example uh, at Zodiac and the social network well and even I mean it, like when talking about how realistic this movie is, even the things that he does that seem extraordinary, mm-hmm. even those things, I totally believe that he could do them. Like like when he's beating people up and stuff. Well, if he spent the last 11 years punching a wall, then sure, he can punch a person's face. And and it's not like he does it with any finesse. It's not like he does it with any skill. No, that's that's, the, that's kind of the beauty of it. But he barrels through it. Yeah. And, and he's like very the thing much with a the, brawler. With the there's, there's nothing choreographed about how he fights. It, or it, it doesn't really feel like there's anything choreographed about how he fights. He and just brawls. The thing with the, with the gyoza, too, where he... Um, 
where he's able to find this one gyoza just by taste, I totally buy it because he ate it for 15 years. Yeah. So, like, it is really grounded in reality. I love Lots how the those... first words he says here are repeating this man. Yeah, almost as though he's forgotten how to speak mm-hmm. and he's just mimicking. Uh, th- this uh, is maybe the first instance, well, except for the opening of the film. The opening of the film is... Desu holding this man by his tie over over the the edge of the building, and there is a fan theory that this man is the real Wu Jin or the real Evergreen, and who's the bad guy? Who is who is the bad guy at the? But as we learn at the end of this movie, right? And it it all there's there's lots of like little hints and stuff and and bits of symbolism that like tie different elements in the movie back to this guy. Uh, one of which is the dog, the white haired dog that he has here uh, ties to Wu Jin's bodyguard who is, mm, who has the white hair, who has white hair. Okay. Um, but it all kind of comes together in the final scene where the hypnotist uh, hypnotizes Odesu in the snow and tells him that it, the hypnotism may not fully work. It may distort your memories, but what she has him do is she has him envision himself splitting into two different personalities and the two different personalities are right, his yeah. normal self and then the monster is she refers right, to it she, as the monster. she specifically says that yeah and throughout this movie multiple times uh desu refers to himself as a monster refers to himself as becoming a monster mm-hmm. uh he wonders his if, transformation into it i his mean transformation he keeps talking into about a it. monster he even wonders the, the picture on the wall changing like even that passage. Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh he he looks like a monster at, at various points throughout yeah. the movie, and he wonders if he'll ever be able to go back to being Desu. He, he literally says, that. says it. He yeah. says it exactly. After this is over, can I go back to being just Desu again? And uh, and that and that's kind of interesting. And if if the fan theory is to be believed, this man had his memories, uh, I guess, distorted, and. Desu and Wu Jin are simply metaphorical. The they're the same person, but they're metaphorical or phantom representations of uh, Wu Jin's psyche. Interesting. That's cool. Well, but I mean, it's one of those ones where you can't really like disprove it at all because it's, you know, it's like, oh, it was all a dream. So, so it's impossible yeah. to disprove it. I, I, but the re- I love and you, hate this scene where he's pressed up to the back of the it's the elevator. first woman he's seen and when they leave the building she's complaining to a security guard about him and he has her sunglasses yeah so i get the impression that he did something her. terrible also the dog thing i hate that he kills himself with his with his poor puppy well you know why he did that. i kind of got the impression that maybe he was having sex with the dog that's exactly what the director said oh that's happening. awful he he was having sex with his dog and this movie's just all about that <laughs> yep all about having sex illicit with sexual affairs <laughs> people and things you should not have sex with he got caught by his uh by his neighbor and he couldn't live with the shame so he decided to kill himself oh, and the dog God. that's poor dog but what he I says mean, the, dog's the victim in all this but what he says comes back uh it's the, the last I, line of uh, the, what is it i'm i know i'm nothing but a Beast, but don't I still have the right to live? Yeah, or I'm something no better like than that. a beast, no but don't I still have the right to live? Yeah, which is the last, back. which is the last line of Desu's letter to the hypnotist, which is ultimately what convinces her to try the hypnotism on him. We before we get too far from it, the clothes that he's wearing, uh, the inscription on them was ST. 
DuPont, the label, mm-hmm. yeah, the inscription on the label, um, was ST DuPont, which is a Paris brand name. That's as far as my knowledge goes because I don't care about brand names. So nope. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of even like farther than that, like I don't like brand name stuff. So, um, but it's, this is notable because, uh, Paris is a lot of the setting for the Count of Monte Cristo, so right. which we will talk about more later when it comes up. But it does it does come up, but that's about as far as it goes. Yeah, I mean it's an it's an easy reference for this story. It's sure. easy because it's about a guy who was imprisoned uh, and then unjustly for a yeah. long time. So yeah. and then seeks revenge for it, right? Basically, but um, it doesn't have any, you know. He really looks like Spike Spiegel here when he's banging. punching everyone he with does, a cigarette in he? his mouth. I like. I really like that scene, though. I, I like that 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 he is allowed a little bit of that kind of cool, you know, urban mm. neo slick street brawler kind of. You said this was thing. based off of a Japanese manga, wasn't it? It is. It I is, didn't realize that. It is, it is based on... I would have on, guessed it was based off of a Korean No, it's, a, it's based on, on a manga written by uh, Nobuaki Minagishi and Garons Chia. And uh, it's actually not all, all that similar. Like, the basic premise is the same, uh, but there are a lot more characters in the manga. Uh, the ending is totally different. has nothing to do with incest at all. Um, and just, just the basic premise about the... Uh, the imprisonment. Although in the manga, he's only imprisoned for ten years, and in this movie, he's imprisoned for fifteen years. Well, in the remake, he's imprisoned for twenty. For so. 20. so yeah. So then, when they remake this again, in you know, five or ten years, it's going to be twenty-five years or thirty. Monte Cristo is only fourteen. Yeah. So um, the number doesn't matter. The remake also mentions Monte Cristo just really Does briefly, it? but it's a, it's as brief as it is in this movie. It's just a throwaway. Well, I mean, it's really a surface level kind of illusion, honestly. Yeah. So. So we are now introduced to the female lead of the movie. Uh, This is a character named Mido. And she is recognized by Desu as being the, let's see if I can get this right. She is the. Ah, Right there. They just said it. They said it. Youngest female. Youngest female. Japanese Japanese cuisine cuisine chef. chef. In Korea. In Korea. <laughs> it's very, very specific. The only thing that would make it more specific is it's like under 25 years old or something like that. <laughs> or who was born in this city. Or no, I know. I guess it's all Korea, but yeah. Um, and and we got our first uh, hint at the big twist at the end because they recognize each other. Yes. Because they were hypnotized. <laughs> hypnotized. It's so unnecessary. It, it doesn't. It is, I, but, I would buy it that they recognize each other because they recognize like facial features. Yeah. Of, it is, but it's the magic story glue that holds everything together. Because every time, every time you question it, every time you say, "Well, why did he do that? Why did he know to well, do that hypnotized. or go here?" Well, they were hypnotized. He was hypnotized. <laughs> it's just he's just going based on a pattern. That's but he been wasn't set hypnotized up. to forget the thing that he forgot. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean. It, I don't believe in hypnotism, which is why I have a problem with that story element here. <laughs> uh, but don't people use hypnotism to remember repressed memories? Isn't yeah. that a thing? Yeah, that yeah, people yeah. Do? In the X Files, they do it all the time. For that's how Mulder learned. 
about his sister's alien abduction. So he gets hypnotized and <laughs> he like remembers. Regression therapy. Like regression. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They do it all the time. So why didn't Wujin just do that instead of being like, I'm going to hypnotize you and just like dance around the, the issue and make you play this big elaborate game and make you bang your daughter and all this stuff. Well, I guess it's more satisfying that way. But. Whatever, it's an unnecessary element in this movie because because I would have, I would have believed everything without it. Like, I mean, yeah, it's messed up that a daughter and father fall in love and have sex and whatever. It even, but it doesn't even really have to be his daughter. Like, it doesn't have to be. And I say that. Uh, I, yeah, you have that I, theory about that the end where. This may not be his daughter, actually. Well, it's it's not that it's a theory. I don't I don't think it's. I think that the movie clearly intends for it to actually be his daughter. And, right, you know. but I mean, this is all the fact that this is his daughter, and 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 that's the truth. Only hinges on some photos and an album. Exactly. And, oh, this scene is the. Well, we all know that you can't Photoshop anything. So this is the famous. It's impossible to change octopus, what a photo looks like. Live octopus eating scene. Which was really hard for this actor, the uh, and hard for the octopus as Poor well. Poor octopus! This is the second animal cruelty moment we've had in this movie. Yeah, that's true. In the at least the first one wasn't real. This one's real. He really is eating this octopus alive. Yes, indeed. Uh, he's he's he had to do this three times. Uh, he that's had awful. he had to do it for a couple of rehearsals and this you know this time right I here. mean I say that's awful but and he's a Buddhist and a vegetarian he, <laughs> he apparently said prayers for all three of the oct- octopi octopi do we say octopi yes octopi <laughs> octopodes octopods o- octopodes <laughs> and uh, and when when the director was was asked about it he was like did did you feel sorry for your actor? Did you feel sorry for Min Sik Choi making him do that? And he was like, no, nah, I felt mm, sorry no. for the octopi, <laughs> actually. Poor little guys. But, I mean, it's really after you live in Japan for four years, seeing seafood eaten alive isn't actually that weird anymore. Well, so. in, in Korea, eating octopus is actually fairly commonplace. Uh, it's like a delicacy kind of thing. What, live octopus? Live octopus, but they slice it first. They, you don't eat it like that. He's about to bump his head on the table here, and it's genuine. It's They just left it in the movie when he lays back down. Ouch. Oh, oh. man, that looks like it hurt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just added more discomfort to this movie. Yep, that was real. Um, also, wh- how did he carry all of those notebooks around? Yeah, I'm not sure, because we didn't see them before. He didn't have them with him. Like when he was sitting in front of the, the fish at the restaurant yeah. when he was looking in he the aquariums, like he didn't. At least in the remake, he has like a white sack of his like letters and stuff that mm. he's carrying around. Um, not mm. to say that the remake is better. Cause uh, well, I mean, I, clearly I ju- it's the superior movie. I mean, I literally just rewatched it moments before we started recording uh, just to get a refresher on how bad it is. And it's worse than I remember it from the first time I watched it. Man, I forgot. I I came in halfway through while you were watching it. Well, more than that. And but I had forgotten. I had seen it before, and I had forgotten how bad the the antagonist, the Wu Jin character yeah, is. Yeah, Charlto Copley. Oh man, he needs to be like in an Austin Powers movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was all like, they were fucking million dollars. They were fucking. <laughs> That's the best line. That, that, that's the be- that or whore, 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 when he just screams whore over and over like again. The way he says everything is just, it's so put on. It's awful. Uh, this is a hard scene. 
right here. This is probably my least favorite moment in the movie. And it's it's not because it's a rape. It's because of how she reacts to it. Yes. Um, but again, they were hypnotized. Um, which is which is the excuse that you go to. This movie has like, if it's like this movie has carte blanche to do any despicable or, you know, storytelling sin that it wants. If she to was do. hypnotized, then why didn't she just let him have sex with her right then? If she has no free will, that's a good point. That's a good. Then why didn't she just let a, him have sex with that her? That is that is a good point. If that is the end game, if that's the end game for Wu Jin, is for the two of them to have sex. Why why? Why isn't it just like you right. see him and you want to bang him? So right. you do. That's I mean, I hate I hate her response here because because she gives him an out. She's like he just attempted to rape her yes. and she gives him an out and she's like, it's OK. I understand. I brought you back to my house because I was helping you. So you must have assumed that I wanted to have sex with you. You must have assumed it I was OK to have sex with me while I, I was on the toilet. That that was totally. It's my fault. Because whenever I, sh- I, I invite men that. to my home, my, men to my men home, men to my home, when I'm just, helping them because yeah. they passed out in my restaurant, that it, means it means that please I'm have sex with me body. when yeah. I'm on the toilet. Yeah. And then she goes on to tell him that don't worry, I'm gonna have sex with you later. Just wait, I'll sing a special song and then we'll have he's, sex. Because he's totally hot. Uh. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that hot hot piece uh, of man. I just I like and she even tells him even if she says no later that he should just have sex with her anyways. She gives him he almost he tried to rape her just now and she said don't, but it's okay. You can rape me later. If I sing this song, <laughs> then you can rape me. Then you basically you can rape me. Like if I say if I happen no, to sing no, this song, totally. that's how you know. I hope I don't get the song just stuck in my head randomly one day. <laughs> the name of the song start that singing it. she will be okay with being raped to. The calluses or after, on his, not to. I really but. like the calluses on his knuckles. Yes, I do too. Um, the it's name of the really song nice is touch. called The Face I Want to See. At least that's the English translation, but mm. um, I don't speak Korean, so I can't figure out what the Korean actually is for the song title so i couldn't research whether or not it was an actual song so one of my friends who speaks korean you can go do that for me um uh please correct all of our terrible yeah also that mistakes that have to that's do with, also yeah. so like ashley or sam if you're listening then yeah. go ahead and make fun of me or zach you're in korea <laughs> um so <laughs> but so also apparently it's really hard to research Korean movies. Nobody talks about them on the internet in English, at least. Yeah. Like comparatively. I thought a Even lot... the orphanage had a ton of stuff about it. Well, but... I was talking to one of my friends about this and he was asking what I, what we were going to do for the next popcorn poops. And I'm like, oh, old boy. And he's like, what's that? And there's, there's even an American remake of it. I'm like, well, you know, the, that, Korean revenge thriller. They remade it last year with Josh Brolin. No, not, nothing. He's like, nah, man. I don't know. Did so, we miss the bug scene? We did. Uh, oh, it's, a, it's a really. It's a, that's it's one a really of my favorite scene. scenes in this. Well, movie. she. That's when she says. Uh, when she theorizes, or I guess regurgitates the theory that uh, people who who are alone. About, yes, people who are alone. People who are lonely hallucinate about, about ants. ants. Because ants are known to work in groups, mm-hmm. and then we get this really great, like kind well, of well, and right after, right after she says, "But I've never seen them," and then we see her 
on scene. a train, crying on a train by herself. So clearly, she's lonely. And at the other end of the train is a giant, it's a giant ant. It's a, it's a, an amazing image. Yeah, I love it's, it. It's, it's kind of brilliantly avant garde. Really this like scene that. bothers you. It bothers me because I don't know why they're why how they know to go to the watch shop. Yeah. I, and you know I I and I, it's the start of all their research. Like it's yeah. the start of the whole trail. I pay so. close attention to movies. I pay. Maybe too close attention to movies, so much so that sometimes I can't just enjoy, enjoy a them. Movie. Yeah. Um, the the concept of turning off my brain. That's how I am when I read. That's how yeah. I am when I read. So. Um, the concept of turning off my brain for anything, which is kind of a thing that's that's going around now. It's like, oh, just turn off your brain and enjoy it. I can't. I, can't. I just, I just can't. Oh, I can do that for a movie. <laughs> yeah, I know you can. I know the junk you watch. Um, so I have no idea. That nothing was mentioned about. A watch shop. I have no idea how they got there. Um, I don't know. It's a mystery. Yeah, it's and true. That's what I don't, starts I don't them, know. That's the, what starts their research. I don't know how they got there either. Their, 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 their quest to find the truth. And now he's... Uh, On the gyoza hunt. That's right. Gyoza or... What are they in English? Mm, dumplings? Dumplings or potstickers. Mm. People call them potstickers pot sometimes. I don't know what they are in Korean though. But, but they're, if you don't know what any of these things are, it's like a fried... That little piece or, of paper that he pulled out actually had the kanji, the Chinese characters for Blue Dragon. I oh, can, cool. I can read that. Good job. Right there. There it is on the door again. Blue a plus. Yeah. Go pass some more tests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, so yeah, he's going to... We're going to get a little montage of him going to all of the restaurants in town that have Blue Dragon in, the, in name. the name. Because that was the only part of the name of this restaurant that he saw on the right. little God, sticker so paper. They do I not have, look delicious. I, have I hate some gyoza. gyoza. I have some gyoza in the fridge. Oh, great. Just Wonderful. All in my name. I'm going to love that. There's a there's a saying in Japanese where, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's something about like if if you can tell if someone's eaten gyoza like the next day from like 10 feet away, and that's totally true. That's true. So this is in my house. Just imagine that world. So when I'm on the train, like standing shoulder to shoulder to somebody, and I, I smell gyoza on their breath, I turn turn to him and I give him a little knowing nod. Like, yeah, what's up, man? My gyoza brother. I hate gyoza. So I delicious. I hate onions, and so gyoza are delicious. so oniony. Um, so this is the scene where Mido is chatting with Evergreen, uh, who ends up being Wujin, our antagonist. And... Uh, he mentions a couple of things. He does mention uh, the the Count of Monte Cristo, uh, mm. which is a very surface level reference. Um, yeah, she just it doesn't. It, he's calling Desu the Count of Monte Cristo, right? Um, it doesn't go any farther than just the basic, and we said this before, but just the base level was imprisoned. Now he's out and seeking revenge for his. Yeah, basically, it's a. It's Alexandre Dumas, who was a French. Uh, I believe it's pronounced dumbass. <laughs> oh gosh, um, he it it was a French historical action or a, a adventure novel mm-hmm. set in 1815 to 1838. It was serialized 1844 45. I've never read The Count of Monte Cristo. I've of course seen some other versions of it. Like there, uh, what was the? There was a movie. That was out a while back, like an older movie. 
I'm not sure. I don't know. A, maybe adaptation? it was maybe it was a really old movie. There there have been a few adaptations um, of it. I've seen some adaptations of it, but I've never read it. I have there's, read There's even an anime adaptation of it. Yeah, that as I understand is not good, right? Oh, I don't know. I've never seen it. I think it's called Gunkutsuo or something like I that. I don't know, maybe. Whatever. I don't know anything about it. But um I I do know, however, that Dumas is an exceptional writer because I have read The Three Musketeers and yeah, the language is antiquated, but but he is so sarcastic. He's really funny. He's mm. he's a great read. So it's a lot someday, lighter than this. Yes, absolutely. And someday I will read this book. I love this composite shot right here with the both the chopsticks in his hand and his face all in focus. It's, but one of the things very, that um, very nice shot that like like similar things are that he he was imprisoned. Through through means that like subtly have to do with incest. It like to in our day incest the the cousin of his fiance who wants to marry his fiance is part of the reason why he gets imprisoned. But of course that wasn't such incest back then. Right. The way that we think now. Pretty commonplace. Um, um, and then it was like fourteen years that he was there. He he almost committed suicide or almost attempted it. Um, but things, it just eventually goes nowhere with there. I mean, he does a bunch of nice things. Edmund, the main character, the, who would be the Daisu character, he does a bunch of nice things and helps old friends. This shot right here with the, the hammer and the dotted line connecting it to the guy's forehead is so ridiculously Quentin Tarantino. I can't stand it. Yeah, it really is. And the ding. (laughs) Um, also like for... For an idea of of the kind of tone of this book, the final thought from the book is a really famous line, and it's, all human wisdom is contained in these two words, hope and wait. It's like, well, I guess we really don't have a lot in common with this movie after all. Nope. I mean, wait. He has to wait. He has to wait. I think it There's would... no hope in this movie. Um, what, what would you replace hope with? I don't know. Hammers. <laughs> Horrible discomfort as people's teeth are ripped from their mouth. <laughs> Incest. Yeah. Dog sex. Ugh. So we can see that um, all of these rooms have cameras in them, which means that they knew that Odesu was trying to was get trying out to the get entire out. time. I think there's even someone in there. It looks like there's someone in there who's trying to tunnel their way out. Yeah. Like yeah. the the left one one to the right from the top left corner. And there are guys dancing around, like doing, you know, martial yeah. arts, shadow boxing, and same stuff kind like of that. stuff he was doing. Yeah, this is a horrible scene. It is um, not the most horrible scene in the movie, by my opinion. But mm, it's up there. I, I mean, I, I think that all of the horrible stuff in this movie is on about the same level. I guess. Oh, we missed that this moment. Makes me cringe hard when he first got out, and we saw his wrist and. And we saw the passage of time in, in three forms on his wrist where we had the scars <laughs> and, oh, gosh, the tooth. Oh, no, my God, no. no. Oh, no, oh! no, no, no. <laughs> it's so terrible. His tongue licking the claw oh, of the hammer. Oh, and, like, when the blood just starts to come out just oh, a little. Oh, juicy. Oh, and the, the rag, red, the solid it's red. Just it was soaked. a white it rag, was white, wasn't it? yeah, and it's just soaked. Oh, my gosh. That's bad news bears right there. It's Some awful. Juicy, juicy bad news. That's bears. really awful. We see a calendar again in the foreground of the shot. So, um, that's right. 
Um, I, oh, I was saying about the passage of time on his hand. It was it, we saw it in the scars, in the tattoos, and he had a watch on all in the same s- scene. So they really keep pushing this passage of time. Yeah, I've, as I've, I mean, as they should. Obviously, it's so uh, we're about to get. He's he's taking the tape. Uh, which was the correspondence, the correspondence between Mr. Park, who is the director of this prison, uh, and uh, Ujin or Evergreen, uh, the 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 man who had him put away. Oh, the other thing we didn't mention We're was the the prince and the the greatest scene in the movie. It's so good. The it's lonely impressive. prince in the high tower. Oh which yeah, he we did couldn't mention really that. find a reference to. Uh, it's 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 very quotable. It sounds but there like are it a came few things from in this movie that are quotable that actually weren't quotes. So That weren't quotes or that were misquoted even? Yeah, so maybe it doesn't mean anything. I thought maybe it could be The Happy Prince by Oscar Wilde because Oh yeah, the he's, kind of He's lonely in that story sometimes and a, he's up like on a, a children's tall poem column. story, right? Yeah. The children's poem. Narrative. Uh, n- narrative narrative poem. Uh I I also thought it could be The Man the in the High story. Castle by Philip K Dick, which is kind of a science fiction alt history about what what would have happened if World War II ended differently? But I don't know, really. I have no idea. Maybe I, it's I, not from anything. I, I don't know, because... The even, rock and sand thing isn't from anything, right? No, it's not. And he's, we didn't mention that either, but um, uh, but that is something that I want to get into a little bit. But those two things that we mentioned, the Oscar Wilde poem and the Philip K. Dick book, they don't really seem to have any significance. Really. So maybe it just is what he says it is, and yeah. we're reading too much into it. He's just a rich kid living on the top floor in a penthouse so and he's lonely um this scene right here is amazing is wonderful it's a two and a half minute one take fight scene in this corridor uh that's just 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 brilliant just so impressive on on every level and i think one of the raw and visceral it doesn't feel choreographed right real and it's uh except for now that you've pointed out to me that the knife in his back is CG. Is CG. Now I can't floaty. stop looking at it because it does look like it's it looks like a, It looks like a CG knife in his back. And I really hate that. Yeah. I wish you had never said it. It's such a small element that unless you know, you'd never notice it. Yeah. You'd never notice it. Which is, which is exactly how I think CG should be used. And telling someone, like I told you, that it's a CG knife just kind of ruins what? it. I mean, couldn't they have just stuck something to his... I think it would have proven too problematic for the scene, like trying to get the oh, scene done. Oh, worrying they that they'd have this. to start all over just because yeah. it fell off or well, something. They they did this over three days, uh, 13 takes, I think. Oh, my I think it was gosh, these poor guys. 13 takes they did this. Oh, these poor actors. I, I love, one of the things I love about the scene, which I hate in the remake, is that in the remake, it it's, well, for one thing, we don't use the it's one take one thing. Take, so yeah. so it, it's got a long take in there, but it's nothing like this. Um, but the other thing is that it feels really like this is a Kung Fu movie and we're going to dance around each other and wait our turn to very, kick each other in the face. Very choreographed. And in this, it's like when people don't come at him, it's because they're injured or because they're scared. In fact, all of the fights in the, in the, in the new movie feel really choreographed. There's a really brief fight that he has. I love them just writhing in the hall. Like worms in the dirt. That's it's awful. That's what it looks like to me. And the blood, the blood dripping, dripping down, down his, his neck. It's mm-hmm. great. But yeah, in the in the remake, there's a brief little fight between uh, the main character Joe and uh, the antagonist, like bodyguard, 
uh, who is a female in the remake and not, not Oh, I not forgot that. Uh, and the whole thing is like very kind of like martial arts movie. I'm, I'm going to throw a punch and you're going to block it. And then when I'm going to throw fights, a kick and you're going to block it. When he fights with, uh, what's his name in this, Han? Mm-hmm. Uh, when he fights with him, he doesn't get any ground at all. Han is just like, just owns him. Yeah. And and that's the moment where we realize, yeah, he's not a trained fighter. That's because Han is a professional. Right. He's a professional. And this is a guy who just punched a lot of walls for 11 years. Now I have become a monster, he says. So there we have and he, it. And he looks like one. He does. I mean, you, you get... He's drenched in blood. Various forms of Odesu as a monster. Um, I think the first of which is really... Well, the first of which I think is him like in the in the police station. Mm-hmm. He's certainly a kind of monster there. Uh, and then him looking at the painting when his, when his hair and beard are and long. And interesting, the, the uh, imagery of the angel wings on, on the monster, the juxtaposition yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um. But and speaking of angel wings, there is a lot of Christian imagery mm-hmm. and Christian ideology uh, in in this. Well, movie. you even think the the quote that we realized was not a quote from anything. The what what is it exactly? The rock. It is. Uh, what is it? It's a grain of sand and a. What is it? Uh, I don't know. What is the exact a, quote? A, the exact whether quote it be, be a grain of sand or go. rock in water, they both sink alike. Right. And I thought that it was a quote, but like it was real quotable. And the, and he often uses things like "laugh in the world, laugh with you." And then there's a proverb in here also, which we'll talk about later. But I I assumed it was something, but it's not. It's no. not I, as far as I know. It's, it's not, not from, from anything. anything. Not, it, not that from, I know. It's of. from old boy. But ideologically, it sounds a lot like. So I I grew up in uh, an evangelical Christian home. Um, Church of God was the denomination in Tennessee, and uh, there was a, a an ideology, a, a, I guess, a dogma, if you will, um, if you can call it that, uh, in the faith that I was brought up in. That a sin is a sin is a sin. All sins are equal. Uh, telling a white lie will send you to the very same hell that uh, committing murder will send you to. Uh, and that quote is is basically what that means. That's that's where Wu Jin is coming from when he says that, you know, whether it be a grain of sand or a rock in water, they both sink alike. Hmm. You know, I grew up Catholic. And as I remember, you've got like (laughs) levels of hell and, you know, you do this and purgatory and all that kind of stuff. Um, I wasn't real great about listening in my Bible classes. (laughs) So. So I don't really remember much of that, but but you've got you've got that, and you've got the angel wings, of course. Uh, behind in the shot where he's mimicking the painting, behind him there's a photograph of a of a girl. It's either a photograph or a painting, but it's a small painting of a little girl on her knees uh, praying. Uh, and actually, later in the movie, Mido, uh, Mido is gonna she does the same thing. Mm-hmm. She she mimics that that painting. Um, and you know other random bits of of Christian imagery like the tattoo on oh that's right he's got a cross tramp stamp yeah Wu Jin he gets out of the shower and you see his his ass his nice man ass mm-hmm. and and on uh, the small of his back is a is a cross a nice little pullout target. <laughs> so Desu is reunited with his biffle Ju Huan yes. Who owns an internet cafe, which looks 
nothing like the internet cafes in Japan. This just looks like a room with computers. And he also smokes a cigarette like no one I've ever seen. Yeah, I've never seen anyone do that. Like, maybe a, I could see someone smoking a joint like that if if they had already smoked a joint, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah. But, <laughs> and they were already messed up. Yeah, and they is, were like, I don't remember how, how to do smoke it? this. <laughs> but I can't picture someone. Oh, his login is monster. monster. Yep. Um, But, yeah, this internet cafe... In Japan, we have these cool little cubicles where, with like massage chairs and yeah, and, uh, they don't can, look nearly can, as dingy. You can get free popcorn and ice cream and yeah. corn soup. Yeah, they don't look nearly as dingy as this. And yeah, not I've slept in. I mean, they're they're yeah, made to can, sleep in. Sometimes, if you want to. yeah, if you if you miss the last train and you, you just got a few hours to spare, chill and sleep. I mean, you can rent bathrobes, take showers. Yeah, they got lots of comic books, free drinks, popcorn, uh, candy. They're like ice hotels, cream except like you don't get a room; you get a cubicle that with a like a closed in, door. In this scene right here in the background, uh, you can actually hear sound effects from uh, Half Life Counter Strike. And StarCraft, because <laughs> Korea. <laughs> that's that's so not, just the reason. That's it. It's not a... I mean, it's a stereotype, but it's like, it's a just stereotype. A uh, little, little bit of a little-known trivia. Uh, someone in that internet cafe is, is dead, slumped over the keyboard, playing World of Warcraft. Probably. Well, are you, are you just assuming? Well, it's Korea. It's Korea. <laughs> I think you're taking it too far. I, I don't know. I think you need to look up some news stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. Um, we got another quote. Lots of lots of quotes. Lots of quotes here. Uh, like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird ah, from the yes. snare of the fowler. Free yourself. Yeah, this one's great. That's what Wu Jin just said. And um, it is from the Bible. We come mm-hmm. to find out later. It is from Proverbs chapter 6, verse 4. four. But... In reality, it's from... Actually, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 4 is, Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Verse 5 is like a gazelle. Put a pause on that. This shot right here with King Kong holding Fei Rei behind him as he holds Mido is some excellent reflexive imagery. Being that King Kong is considered a classic movie monster. Monster. Yeah. Um, it's great. You know what? That's that's in my opinion. That's the second. I love that he writes on her with lipstick. You love that? Um, I don't know. It's one of those like love. When I say that, I mean it's a ni- I, it's a nice touch, but you don't like that yeah, he's doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, classic movie monsters. I really feel in this scene when he says that I created when Wu Jin talks about creating the monster that Desu is, I really get that Dr. Frankenstein vibe from him. Yeah. So, so that's multiple classic movie monster references. If you, if you ask me. And it also feeds into that fan theory about, you know, if creating the monster, creating the monster, if it came ultimately from Wujin originally, if, if Odesu is a representation of Wujin's repressed memories, Mm. Uh, then yeah, then in a way he, he did created create him. them. Yeah, okay. if, if, if yeah. you buy into that. Um, anyway, so yeah, they they miss well, they didn't misquote, but they misreferenced which. Right, going back to the proverbs, which verse it is? Yes, so ver- verse four. He, he says you he said sa- what verse four is. What is verse five? Verse five is, is the right one. Is what it is like a gazelle in the hand of the hunter is verse five, but they say Desu specifically says. Chapter six, verse four, and verse four is the sleep slumber 
that one. Yes. It's okay. a different one. So it's just wrong. Well. Right? Well, uh, the, the director doesn't. He, the director, I guess, tried to cover his tracks uh, because he said something along the lines of, uh, he, sa- he, he said it was like a hoax. He said it wasn't a mistake. What? It was a hoax. <laughs> what? A hoax? Who's he? Who's he hoaxing? We're just sitting here. Like I just believed it. Yeah. I mean, I don't have the Bible memorized, so, so I just believed it. I was like, yeah, sure, six, verse four, whatever. And then later, I looked it up, and I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) hold on a second. Well, I mean, it's it's only slightly worse than I mean, it's it's only slightly worse than than I guess in Pulp Fiction, the the quote from Ezekiel, whatever it Mm. is. Uh, that's not actually in the Bible at all. <laughs> no, but that that's, that's different. It's different. It, it is that's different. That's different because it, it is different. It's but about, when you hear that's it, that's about that makes his character like that. Exactly. No, no, no. I I think it's great in Pulp Fiction. But like when he says it, when he's like, "Oh, this is the verse from Ezekiel," you're I like, buy oh, yeah, it. Like, I okay. buy it. I'm like, sure, okay, it's in there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that sounds biblical. <laughs> no, but I just I just bought that it was what they said it was, and and the fact that it's only one verse off is like. It was a mistake. Come on, guys. It was a mistake. Let's be real. So in this scene right here, we've got Desu uh, confronting Evergreen for the first time. uh, And Evergreen poses, basically poses him or or offers him a choice. Vengeance. Or truth. Or truth. And, I mean, Desu could kill him right here. And if the next scene is to be believed, he has a knife on him. Also, yeah. he has a, a He's hammer. Got his with, hammer. On him, so, and also, doesn't he try to choke him or something in the second? He already did. He he already right. did try so, to choke him, and that's that's when. So he's got his. That's fist when Wujin says, "Oh, you're strong. The monster I made is strong," or something like that. And then we get our pacemaker story, which I believe he has a pacemaker. He's got a big scar on his chest, and he has all that medical stuff going on back at his penthouse where they're checking mm-hmm. him up every day, I guess. But um. However, this little remote control that he's offering to to stop his pacemaker yeah. is as dumb as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a uh, well, it's a red herring. It's not actually what he says it is. Right. It's it's actually a remote control for some uh, some audio equipment, mm-hmm. some very special <laughs> audio equipment that I hate it. has a has a very special piece of media that has yet to be recorded. Oh no. Uh, but yeah. Um, I th- actually I heard that there was an HBO show that took this this concept the the pacemaker an HBO show that what took this concept the pacemaker with a remote control really like, so that you could just end your life quickly and painlessly uh, I guess assuming it's painlessly but if you turn off your pacemaker won't you just have a heart attack which hurts Yeah I think that would hurt Yeah I, I don't I don't think it's <laughs> I just think like heart attacks hurt I think turning so. off your pacemaker is not like turning off your heart and you're like up oh, done Oh I'm dead now It's like no you you turn it off and then And then your heart stops functioning the way it's supposed to Well I don't I think that what a pacemaker actually does is that it detects when your heart uh has like what's it called palpitations a Palpitation or if you have a palpitation it will like shock your heart into like coming back quickly And more rape well, not rape, but no, they haven't raped us. Uh, I hope insinuations. I, I assume of rape. they haven't raped her yet. Um, and boobs, but not in a fun way. No, it's not. But we need to be more fair. We, yes, yes, yes. We do say, "Hey, boobs. Hey, look, boobs." <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
but we also need to recognize when there's some some lovely man. What are you talking about? There's rarely like that's the problem with movies these days. Eventually, we're going to watch a movie that's got a penis in it, and I'm going to say, "Hey, penis." Yeah, but and then you can count the number of times in popcorn poops that we've been able to say, "Hey, penis," compared compared to "Hey, boobs." Well, yeah, but movie boobs are like that's an institution. What <laughs> an institution? <laughs> yes. What does that even mean? It's a stalwart in cinema. Movie boobs. Oh, please. <laughs> uh. No, I think I think boobs should only be in movies if they have thematic grounding. Oh, give me a break! Yeah, I, I'm not saying if that. Intel- I'm just saying there needs intellectually to be, satisfying you know, boobs. Gender fairness here is what I'm saying. Let's let's stop talking about the rape victims' boobs. That would be <laughs> nice. Um, so in this scene right here, Mr. Park has come for a bit of retribution, a bit of his own revenge for having his teeth pulled out. And uh, crazy laugh. And he he pretended to pull out one of Desu's teeth, and he says something along the lines of imagining it is is worse than actually doing mm. it. Or or so just don't so imagine just don't, don't imagine anything, and you'll be you'll be tough Desu as hell. Desu takes his advice, and which, that's exactly what he does, and starts to go crazy. And and that's what he does repeatedly throughout this movie is he takes people's advice and he does what they want him to or what they expect him to, mm-hmm. and. He even repeats people mm-hmm. in multiple cases, not just the first line. The f- one of the first things he says to Mito when he's in her apartment is repeating her. Yep. So kind of like The Big Lebowski. Ah, yes, that's right. So this is just a remake of The Big Lebowski. Oh. No? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. Nobody goes bowling, so. That's, that's true. Well, the dude doesn't go bowling either. That's true, too. Never actually see him bowl. In... In the American remake, I really... If, of The if Big you, Lebowski? I'm sorry. <laughs> you just watched... You rewatched it, and I don't I don't remember. But he gets... The Daisu character gets beat up pretty bad in this scene, doesn't he? he? I was out of the room when that happened. I just... I had it on, and that in that particular moment, I walked out of the room. Oh. So I, but uh, I in think, my memory, I think, he, does. I think he, he gets beat up pretty bad. And in this scene, he... Before he just got hit with this bat, I was... I was believing that he was going to do some damage. So also, he has a knife. Like I said, yeah, he could have he could have just walked up to Evergreen with the knife and just stabbed him a couple times. Right, but then he wouldn't get the truth. He wouldn't. But if he had a knife on him, why didn't he just stab him? Be like, oh, you're dead, done. Well, Bef- I think before he... Evergreen had a chance to offer him vengeance or truth. But I think he he. I like how that scene ends when she when she's yells like, at him. You like believe me now, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, that's it's fair. That's fair. It is. It's absolutely fair. Uh, what, so what do you think of Wujin's clothes, his hat? Well, he, I mean, if you think about it, he's got a lot of money. Yes. Mm. Obviously, he has lots and lots of money. Oh, so do you think he's like trying to? I think he's probably somebody stay important. Stay low. Yeah, I think he's probably somebody important, and he doesn't want to be recognized, so he wears schlubby kind of clothes. Keep it on the DL. Yeah. And this car scene—they're—they're they're bugged in the car, um, and they uh. come to learn that they're bugged later. But they are bugged in the car, and she kind of loses it and and starts singing her little song. 
that indicates no. that she wants to to to, don't to bang Daisy. <laughs> you can't just wish it away. You can't you just wish away things that happen in this movie. No, don't sing it. Oh. It makes it really, really awkward. The fact that she's singing it like through tears and you know what it indicates and you know what it leads to. And it's. Oh, I hate it. I hate this whole thing. I and the hate fact all that, it, it. that it initially came from him watching a pop star on TV, like masturbating to a pop star. That's where the song came from. Is it? Is it that song? Yeah. That's the. It's, it's the, same, the same song? Yeah. He he wrote about it in his prison journal, and that's why she that's why that's she why she knows about it the song name, and then she uses it, and she's like, "Listen, you know, I know this song was important uh-huh. to your penis." I hate all of this. So. I this this sex scene. See here, he is getting checked out. So I believe in the pacemaker thing. We're not at, we're not at the sex scene yet, but the one that's coming up. Yeah, the sex scene is to me worse than than the the like body horror grotesque just like, emotionally like like psychologically like you just think about what they're doing I have a lot more trouble watching that sex scene than than I do watching the teeth being ripped out or wow. him cutting off his tongue I, it really bothers me and maybe it's because I'm a daughter and I have a father like maybe maybe that's part of it maybe if you had a daughter it would upset you more mm-hmm. um but it it really upsets me I hate watching it do, do you want to hear the lyrics to the song not particularly. Where is my love? I'm getting lonelier in the nights. The words you send with your eyes. Uh-huh. This is Shakespeare right here. <laughs> it's like a it's like one of his sonnets. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it over the sex scene. I can feel with my hands <laughs> don't so many nights have passed. No, stop. My heart is going to you. I really hate this. As I shed my sad tears. You're the face I miss. <laughs> You're a terrible person. I'm sorry. But yeah, this is the... Um, oh, I hate this scene. The incestuous sex scene. And I've had to watch it. This is what, like the third time well, you had I've to watched wear, it you in had like to, two days? Yes, you had to watch it once in preparation for the episode. And then we re- tried to record this once yesterday. And our audio, our audio was unusable. Sometimes so we fail. Sometimes that happens. And sometimes you have to watch... Um, Daddy daughter fucking oh, <laughs> three times in two days, <laughs> and I watched the remake today, so that's four times. And oh, oh my god, gosh, this is just upsetting. I, I, you've mentioned before that the fact that she's so vocal really is yes. worse than it absolutely is. That's what makes it. That, that's what makes I. It really, the things really that I gross. hate about it, I hate that it's clearly her first time having sex. I hate. I hate how awkward it is in the remake. As I recall, it's more like Hollywood movie sex. Like yeah, like kinda. more like oh, this is sexy sex. But in this one, it's not. It's, it's just really awkward. They're and, sweaty and it's kind of real. Like they, and they're oh. oh. Gosh. And then him blow drying her hair afterward is even worse to me because yeah, yeah. actually in the remake he he does he kind of moves her around the bed and he picks her up and he does all that sexy stuff and it's right a, and in this it's, it's a, not it's a Hollywood sex scene like but in this he's kind of slouched yeah he's they're slouched making like a, awkward faces like a goblin and... and he's got the bandage on his back and he's just like kind of oh. jerking around <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like real sex. <laughs> But but him blow drying her hair. I mean, there are so many moments in this movie where he treats her like a little girl. This blow drying hair thing is so awful to me. He's treating her like she's because 
And that's why that's the other reason why the hypnotism is so stupid. It's because it's totally unnecessary. The idea that these two people could fall in love with each other simply because they were they were um uh now I don't want to say it. filling the void uh, <laughs> I hate you. filling the void that they have in their filling life that void <laughs> filling all kinds of voids I really don't like you um because because she needs a father figure and he needs a daughter. These are the things they've lost in their life yes. that they long for. And so it's not difficult for me to believe that they would be attracted to each other because they're missing those aspects in their life. And then even you, you've talked about how there are, you know, studies and stuff about people who are related. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there, there's... Mistaking... There's actually no... There's really no reason for the hypnotism thing to happen at all like he can evergreen could have very easily just set up something where he they would definitely meet and uh and then let you know story magic take over from there and say hey well they you know they've they've got they've got a blood connection she's someone this is something that's documented scientifically this is something that's documented scientifically that has happened that people who are related and don't know they're related have found themselves attracted to each other and started relationships and then somewhere down the line they discover that they're cousins or something Mm. and uh, the stories that i've heard a lot of them don't care they're just like oh okay that's weird and the the reason it happened is because there is an attraction there that they don't understand to be a familial attraction. Right. So they misinterpret it as a as sexual a romantic yes. sexual attraction. Right. And 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 so that that makes sense to me and then like I said specifically the the idea of a woman who has lost her father searching out a, a, a romantic relationship with an older man, that's not weird. That's totally normal. Um it it makes sense. She's lost. She does. She wants that father figure in her life, and and whatever judgment people want to pass about that kind of thing, whatever. Like it it is what it is. So I don't I don't feel like it's it's beyond my scope of imagination to think that they could just fall in love just because. I don't need the hypnotism. Yeah, you you don't have you don't have to stretch your 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 uh, sus- suspension of disbelief very far. But the hypnotism thing stretches my. Yeah, that's what stretches my suspension disbelief. Fantasy, like it's fantasy. This is this is supposed to be a gritty, realistic, uh, revenge thriller. It's unnecessary with hocus pocus in it. There's some hocus pocus that just Um, doesn't need to be here. And and it's and it's such a shame because the movie is so well put together. Like it's such a great movie and it's so entertaining throughout and it's so thrilling and and it's hard to watch but it's challenging and you know it's got all of the things that I really like in a movie in it um except for that little bit of unnecessary hocus pocus. Um we missed a couple things like the hand in the box while we were ranting. We did. Uh, we didn't even mention it when it came when he said he was going to take Mr. Park's yes, hand. Yes, he said he was going to take Mr. Breast. Park's hand and then he got a hand in he got Mr. Park's hand in a box and he knew it was his because of the ring and it, clearly it's Wujin giving him his hand but it's also him taking taking Desu's revenge again. Yeah. Taking it from him again and mm-hmm. again and again he keeps doing this. It keeps coming back. It's way worse than than um, then anything else he could do is just taking his revenge. This thing is weird to me. This this moment here in the yearbook where they see 
Wu Jin's sister, uh, what's her name? Li Sua? Sua, yeah. Sua. Uh, she, she died. She committed suicide in, in, um, while they were at school. And in the yearbook, her face is, is a, just a white oval. Not like someone did it to the yearbook, but like when they printed it, they, they took her face out I of the pictures. I think that's something that they used to do. At maybe maybe only at prep schools. I don't know. I feel like I've seen that in like old old pictures, really? but in 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 albums like the the year year yearly albums of uh, of old schools. I feel like it was like a thing in if somebody died during in the Europe, school year? maybe in England. Yeah, if they died during the school year, then their face would be whited out in the in the yearbook. Man, that's cold. Yeah, and that's weird too because back in the day, the tradition of of taking pictures of the dead, like death photographs was, was like a really normal thing. So just having a picture of a person who died during the school year, I don't understand why Wu Jin doesn't hate Juhuan more than he does. It's really Juhuan's fault. Right. All of this really is Juhuan's fault. Yeah. Daesu was the one who saw. Daesu saw it and he told one person. He told his, his best Biffle. friend. Yeah. He told his best friend. Hey, and the, he Daesu didn't even know that they were brother and sister. Yeah. He didn't even know who the girl was. He was like, oh, no, that girl who rides that bike in, yeah, in yeah, your class. Yeah, the girl class. who rides the bike, she was banging some dude. She's in your class. Because because the, the secret like, that got Suha? out, the secret that got out actually had nothing to do with their incest like that wasn't it had nothing to oh, do with it was that. just about her being a it was slut. just about her being slut and being being pregnant because what happened was was Daesu told Ju Huan that uh that he saw her messing around with somebody in the science room and then Ju Huan goes and tells a bunch of people and he's like oh yeah she's total slut she's banging people at the school and banging a bunch of people banging and that's what starts dudes. all this is I mean he he uh Wujin tells Daesu that the reason he locked him up is because he talks too much. Yeah. It's literally just about So in that scene where spreading he, where rumors, he but he really wasn't yeah. the one who did it. In that scene right there where he takes a, a broken C D and stabs Juhuan to death with it, he he got his revenge. Right, but That's really but, whose fault it was. But why why I mean, the only reason he did that is because Juhuan was like saying on the phone, "Oh, she was a slut." Right. He got upset. He lost and he, his temper. He lost his temper about it. But, but it's it's so weird to me that I mean, well, it's not. It's this is a this is our our villain, our antagonist, and he clearly has mental problems, and and he's focused everything on Desu for for whatever reason. He's decided that that's what his mission is. So it doesn't matter that Juhuan really is the one who did the bad stuff he's the one who uh, not well i mean what's the bad stuff in this movie but he's the one who spread the rumors not desu desu is kind of a dumbass yeah he is and and it's okay that he's a dumbass because the movie knows he's a dumbass and characters in the movie know he's a dumbass wujin actually says something along the lines of how how have you gotten this far in life with that brain what is what is wrong with you you you're he calls him an idiot basically um because at this point Desu assumes that because Wujin cut off Mr. Park's hand that now Mr. Park is cool with Desu um just based on the 
and he, Mr. Park actually says it and confirms it for him, but I guess Desu had to be thinking along these lines in the first place that, you know, my enemy's enemy is my friend, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's what they say. Kind and of dumb of him. I mean, this is the guy who locked him up for 15 years and also you ripped out all his teeth. You ripped out all I of his teeth. I don't think anyone's ever going to be cool with you and Mito's, if you ripped Mito's, out all their teeth. Yeah, Mito's standing in the room with like a few guys that like ripped open her shirt and probably felt her up and were preparing to rape her when Desu walked in. He's just not real clever. He's not a smart guy. Yeah. Going going back there for any reason is not a good idea. So uh, there's the sodium barbitrate thing, the sodium pentothal or whatever yes. it is. And what was that in reference to? Uh, the truth serum. And uh, Yes, it's the truth serum. That but is was it, being put in his water. That, okay, that's right. Yeah, it's being put in the water. And then he goes to the hairdresser. And he takes... The what was the name of the hair salon? Waterfall or windfall, oh. windmill, windfall, waterfall, something like that. Do you remember in his prison room, mm-hmm. the view outside the window was, was a, windmill. a windmill? That's right. Interesting. Huh. Um, it, I mean, it wasn't a real view. It was a, it was a like a photo that was that they had a light behind that right, right. flickered sometimes. A light box, yeah, of a windmill, though. Hmm. Yeah, but th- this right here, this is um, you said something about this before this, about the knees. Yeah, what is up with focusing that? Focusing on the knees. I think it's what he, it's what he remembered most about Sua, is her knees. Her knees. So in the scene before we get to the flashback with Sua. Uh, he sees this woman's knees. He sees another woman's knees who walks into the salon in a minute. And then it cuts to the flashback. Um, but this this right here, he, he knows to go to the salon because he found a, a clue left by Wu Jin in one of the, the yearbooks, yearbooks at his high school. <clears throat> and I guess, I, I, I guess that is, that lets the audience assume that Wu Jin is always just one step ahead of him where he's always exact he's always leaving stuff exactly yeah. where he's going to be uh because because he knows where he's going to be. Well, he even sometimes in in dialogue he even predicts exactly what Desu's going to do. So I, I and and I can understand that he would know that before uh before he got the bug removed because he was bugged so he could hear his mm. conversations and everything. But him going to the high school, all that happened after he had had the bug removed. So I guess we're meant to assume that Wu Jin was actually in the internet cafe, like when Mido was looking up like all of the evergreen, like evergreen old boys, evergreen this and that and whatever. Mm. Oh, and she said one thing at the end that you you mentioned something about. Um, oh, the Norwegian wood thing. Right, Norwegian wood. Yes, it wood. just randomly in the list of evergreen search results that she pulled up, one of the things she pulled up was Norwegian wood, comma, evergreen, which... I the thing I thought of was the was the Haruki Murakami novel. Yes, which is kind of an offbeat love story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Japanese novel based that on, had a movie remake that came was, out. There was a, movie. a couple of years ago. Here, haven't seen it. Um, then that movie or the the title of the book uh, comes from the title of a Beatles song, which is also a, an offbeat love story. Mm. So I'm just I'm just assuming that he's trying to tie just group this in with offbeat. Li- How's this for an offbeat love story? <laughs> uh, also, they go to a Catholic school. That's very weird to me. 
in Asia. Ties into the the Christian stuff. It in does. The movie. It does. I get that. I just am. I am. I, and you know, my friends who have lived in Korea have told me that this is the case. That there's a lot of Christianity in Korea. It's just hard for me to picture because that's a hell of a uniform. Bec- yeah, it really is a migraine yeah. of a uniform. That's is what wild. it is. Um, it just is weird because here in Japan that. I don't know. I, it's just a very different experience than I guess because Christianity is a how how can I say like a decoration? <laughs> it is in in Japan. It's it's fashionable. It's fashionable. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You have your wedding. Trendy. You have like your real wedding. Your your traditional Japanese ceremony, and then like later you do one with like an actor, <laughs> just some white guy who speaks English. Basically, and, yeah. I mean, you've you've even had the opportunity to go do it and to oh, go. Oh yeah, it's a, there. There are companies that specialize in and training foreigners to to do, pretend to be to pretend to be priests. Priests, yeah. and you put on a suit and you go and because they don't care. It's not like they can they can understand. She is reading the unabridged journals of Sylvia Plath. She sure is. Do you know why that's important? Uh, I could probably guess, but why don't you tell me? Okay, I'll tell you because Sylvia Plath is an American, was an American, American, author, poet, and short story writer who famously committed suicide in 1963, which is clearly the reason why this girl is reading her because this girl is going to commit suicide. Um, Sylvia Plath was married to Ted Hughes, a poet, and she suffered from depression through most of her adult life. Probably in part because he had an affair. And, I mean, that's my assumption. That would definitely depress me. So oh, I think she probably had other I, yes, psychological yes, things yes, going she on. Was, but, yeah, she was being treated for Certainly depression also. But, um, uh, but anyways, she died of carbon monoxide poisoning, put her head in an oven, and sealed the doors with her children sleeping Man, in the next room. That sounds like a... Like a fairy tale or something. Yeah, no, it's for real. That's what she did. Some Hansel and Gretel shit. Um, and and um, an interesting thing about the journals is that that book that she was reading, there is one. There was one more journal. The last journal of Sylvia Plath never was published because Hughes mm-hmm. destroyed it. Oh wow. Yeah, because he thought that was part of the grief process or something was destroying her her last novel, the one that led up to her suicide. I so like that's kind of shitty. I, think. I like the sequence right here of him running around, uh, trying to follow himself. At, well, he's he's kind of well, no, he's not following himself. He's trying to follow Wu Jin, but this shot here and a couple of the other shots are very kind of M C Escher esque. It it is the. The, going the, up the stairs and going down, down the stairs and going up the stairs and going down the stairs and going down the sideways oh, stairs. Oh, no. I cannot be forgiven for a Family Guy reference. I, I'm so ashamed. Oh, my gosh. But now going it's sister banging. Stairs. How does that tie in? Describe how how going down the sideways stairs ties, ties in into incest, incest. Sibling into incest. This, into this... Uh, uh, it's a euphemism. Inciting it's, incident it's, here. It's a new, fresh, hip euphemism for for fucking your sister. Oh my god! Hey, what are you doing this weekend? I'm uh, going down the sideways no. stairs. If, if you know what I mean. I don't want to know what you mean. So this is uh, this is a scene that we we mentioned earlier, uh, and it is in fact the scene where Sua uh, is touched. 
and, and embraced lovingly by her brother and his <laughs> mouth. Hey, hey, hey. You know, if it's good today, enough, if it's good enough for Jamie Luke and, and Leia, and Jamie and Cersei are, are you know, if we're if we're if we're talking in modern media, right? This is a that. hot topic. Screw that! I'm going back to Luke and Leia. Yeah, but they stopped <laughs> when they found out. That's what you think. <laughs> uh, you better take that up with Han because he's going to get pretty pissed if he finds out that she was still having sex with her brother. Uh, yeah, Luke was Luke was all up in that scruffy looking nerf herder. Okay, <laughs> you need to stop. So in this scene right here, Wujin, uh, nah, I don't need that. Wujin uh, takes off <laughs> takes off his sister's panties and tries to get up under her dress, and she doesn't have any of that mess. And then she helps him take off her bra and undo. Are her you giving top. us a play by play? Play by play. Yeah. I really don't need it. I'm watching it for like the third or fourth time. Please. But that leads to something that we mentioned before. Uh, she's going to pull the hand mirror out of her bag mm. and and watch herself and do this little being narcissist little. It is. There's a there's a narcissist thing going on there. Um, there, and I think that's that's probably one of that's probably what the uh, one of the themes that the mirror motif. Well, I mean, it's hard to, let's be honest, it's hard to get away with having someone stare at themselves in a mirror and not have someone be like, oh. It's like narcissists. <laughs> so, I mean. I read that story. Right. So, it's 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 kind of hard to get away from that. But but I think tying it into the um, Wilcox thing, too, is pretty interesting. The boobs in this movie aren't fun. No, I don't. No, don't do it. No, I don't want to see it. Mm-mm. I'm, I'm. I grew up on movie boobs. I don't like the boobs. In I was this movie. I was raised on movie, and it's boobs. nothing wrong with the boobs. These are fine boobs, but I don't like they're the not, way they're, they're used. Not, no, they're not good movie boobs. They're not oh, good feelings. No bad feelings. This movie is a lot of. This is why I prefer Lady Vengeance. Not that there's not some uncomfortable messed up stuff like the scene in the prison where she has to give the other prisoner cunnilingus (laughs) i wasn't gonna say it like that it's the medical term you can say it (laughs) but i don't want to say that free yourself that's okay (laughs) cunnilingus so shot of a clock right there boom how's that for a motif bitch did you just call me a bitch no it was no i'm sorry (laughs) For no reason. I'm sorry. And God. Um, but yeah, like Lady Vengeance has some messed up, uncomfortable stuff too. But oh, yeah, absolutely. But but overall, I don't know. I I don't I don't get the same level of like like this movie is just discomfort after discomfort after horrible thing that happens. And at least when the when most of the terrible stuff is happening in Lady Vengeance, you're kind of before rooting this is, for before her. Before this flashback is over and it's just about to be over right now. All of that was color corrected in post production to have kind of a sepia look to it, kind mm. of a you know, an antiquated look a, a Dare I say, you know, first ten minutes of Wizard of Oz. Okay, okay, yeah. Tone kind of thing you can dare on. say that. That's cool. Um, I'm okay with that. I do. I do really like that. It's a nice <laughs> touch. Our cat is destroying <laughs> things behind us. <laughs> anyway, so um, 
No, what was I saying before that? I don't know. I cut you off to talk about the Wizard of Oz and Thanks. how it's how this is totally a remake. Lady Vengeance in oh. Lady Vengeance, where well, it, this is not a remake of the Wizard of Oz nor of the Big Lebowski. So <laughs> we're just going to stop that. In Lady Vengeance. The thing is, is that for most of the movie, I'm rooting for her and I'm getting satisfaction from the things she does. Like, and she's doing it all in style, too. She's she's dressed to boot and she's like when the blood splatter and she's got a little rain slick to keep it off. And and she's prepared. She means business. She is, she she's means business. And she is she is just on top of it. And the whole movie, it's just like. It's not like this where you're, especially on a second watch, you're just like, no, don't do it. And you hate everything. In that movie, the whole time you're like, yeah, get it. Go for it. I, 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 lo- I love get your vengeance. how throughout this entire movie, he has evolved visually, evolved aesthetically. And now he looks like he is more put together than he has ever been. And he's been yeah, slowly totally getting true. there. And every place that he's been, and then has, by the end of the movie, he's going to be totally nuts again. And well, and that's and that's what I'm getting at is that at the very beginning of the movie, he's sweaty, he's drunk, he's ripping off his own clothes, and he's, he's trying to piss not in the as corner. in shape as he he's is. He's a mess. Oh, and he's not in shape at all. And then when he gets out, he's given that nice new suit, and the sun he gets the sunglasses. But he still looks kind of crazy. But yeah, he's got kind of the crazy hair. And then when he goes to the 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 salon, he gets the haircut. He's got a new. New, he's got new duds on, and he goes up to this penthouse, and in the course of a scene, he just becomes a dog. Like he he he, yep. he ends and up crawling just on drops all fours, all the way back down, and keeps going. Yep, goes under the floor. Also, right here, he is basing all of his knowledge about what buttons to push in this elevator on a so, misquoted Bible. Yeah, it's a really uh, convenient, verse. conveniently extrapolated. Uh, bit of information yeah six four four six how are we gonna get this in six six four well, so six, he so he takes that first he has six, to go four. back definitely book six verse four well he has to go back and he has to take that information and he has to say okay he he said this bible verse or he said this one thing that is a bible verse that comes from proverbs six four even though it's actually six five so he gets in the elevator and he starts using it as a code and then the two of them board the elevator and he was on the right track. That's Yeah, because they're about to put in the number. No, they, they, or they did. did. That's my biggest problem. He gets on and he's like, uh, 6464, or maybe pushing 6 and 4 at the same time. Because he at the prison, he saw the guy pressing floor 7 and 8 at the same time to mm. get to the in-between floor where the prison is. Uh, and he's doing all these combinations. And then they get on and they type 0604. So his assumption was correct. Yeah. Which is the crazy thing. I, I would have been fine with him making the wrong assumption if they just got on and typed some random numbers and, and the audience it was just is like, like oh, Because it could have it could have tied into some of the the witty little narrative moments in here where he's like, Let's see if fifteen years of or eleven years of pretend imaginary training can amount to something. Yes, it can. Yeah, let's let's, and then let's he, see if five days of, of detective work can, you know, can pay off. Guess, guess not. not. Right. It but would have been it, funny. But and and not only that, but it also plays into his successes being taken from yes. him. Where he thinks he's on the right track and he's doing the right thing, or he says he's going to do something, or he makes a promise and swears vengeance of some kind, like he did with Mr. Park and, and his hand. And uh and it's taken from him. Continually. That's just a it's just one it's a small thing and we're going on too long about it, but it's uh, but, going on but too long. Yeah, I mean, well, but it's just a little missed opportunity, I think. It is. It is. And also it's a miss. And it's also kind of silly. Referenced Bible. 
quote, and, so yes, and it's kind of contrived. <laughs> um, he just he just killed, killed two dudes with a, with a toothbrush. He upgraded from hammer to toothbrush, or is that a downgrade? I don't know. I mean, it was it seemed like an upgrade for him. Like I get it. Like he was in prison and he learned prison skills, but you tend to learn those prison skills in the kind of prison where you're interacting with other prisoners, like killing people with toothbrushes and shit like that. But you know. Oh, whatever. Uh, yeah, we're about to get this shot here, which is... Oh, it looks lo- so bad. ...going to be the worst thing in the movie. Not the worst thing in the movie. The worst shot. Oh, look, Tramp Stamp. Oh, there we go. Man butt. Man butt. Man, he's hey, look, got man. a flat Does he have something butt. sticking out of his ass? <laughs> I swear to like God. toilet paper. I swear to God, it looks, it looks like something sticking out of his ass. <laughs> Am I imagining that? Maybe you're just really... Focusing on Focus his ass too much. On his ass. It's a nice ass. What can I say? It's not actually. And it's you've really got the flat. you've got the wall mirror here, and you see Desu standing there, and then you have the worst composite shot of all time. Yeah. Here. And, and we're it, about to get and it gets zoom. worse. It gets worse. The zoom the zoom that they do is it like a digital zoom on Desu's face. Oh no! no. Why'd you do it? Does that make you cringe as bad as when he cuts off his tooth? Or cuts off his tongue. Actually, that's the hardest to watch for me. That moment, yeah, right that's there. that moment, the right there. The, di- the digital zoom. That's the hardest thing to watch mm-hmm. in this movie because it looks so shitty. <laughs> it looks like everything's green screened here. It is. I, I I believe it is. That's awful. Yep. But you know what? Can yeah, you do? He, and then he tells him right here. I didn't hypnotize you. You just forgot. You just forgot the most important thing in my life. Yeah, he didn't hypnotize him to forget. He just forgot it. He could have hypnotized him to remember it, though, perhaps. Also, interesting note here where he, Desu comments on the date and on the bridge. Yes. And calls him out on it, calls Wu Jing out. He shows him a photo of, of Sua standing on the bridge where she died, yes. where she supposedly committed suicide. And he comments on the date, which is the day that she committed suicide. Yes. And he calls him out and he's like, you pushed her over the bridge. And Wu Jing's like, just laughs at him. He yeah. doesn't respond to it. And then we get the flashback scene where we see him holding her hand, but we don't know how she got there in that position on the edge of the bridge. And Right. I don't know. I I, I don't think I don't think he pushed her. I think she probably asked him to help her like commit suicide or something mm. or hold her hand over the bridge and let her go or something like this, something along those lines. Or maybe she, she crawled Oh, here over. he is calling her out on it. Talking about the phantom pregnancy. Yeah. Which is a, which is apparently also, a subtitles real... have some misspellings by the way. Um, yeah. Uh, which is apparently a real thing. Phantom pregnancy. Do you know much about uh, that? Yeah, of course I'm a girl. So, um, amenorrhea. Is, Amenor- it's a great word. Is a thing. Amenorrhea or amenorrhea? A- is a- it a schwa? A- amenorrhea, maybe? I think it's amenorrhea. Amenorrhea? Amenorrhea? I don't know. Anyways, when it's when you... I, I had to learn the term for it, but it's, oh, it's when you rough. miss a period when you're not pregnant. Composite. Um, Which is, is a normal thing for most women. This is fairly common in most women's life to miss periods when they're not pregnant for Mm. various reasons can you can you can miss periods just because you start working out or you change your diet or you're stressed or whatever the body's a sensitive thing unfortunately of course it can be for serious reasons like disease or sickness or hormonal changes or whatever but 
but unfortunately, one of the things that can cause this to happen is stress because you believe you are pregnant and because you're stressed that you think you're pregnant, you can start to develop signs of pregnancy. And you can mentally convince yourself and your body that you're pregnant, basically. And you'll miss your period and your stomach can even swell, as I understand. Really? I've, I've heard of this kind of thing happening before. I've also heard of women doing weird things like living with another woman who is going through pregnancy and mimicking her pregnancy symptoms just because she's around her. Or lactating when another woman is breastfeeding That's and they spend time with them. So, so this is this is so realistic it's, it's, to me. So it's it's not the hocus pocus. It kind of s- I don't think seems so. Like I don't surface. think it okay. is. I've heard of girls doing. I mean, it, when you say weight gain, I kind of have a limit as in my mind of how much could actually be gained. But before I would say, yeah, that I don't think that could actually happen. But yeah, gaining weight and missing periods because you think you're pregnant and you're stressed out because of it. Yeah, that's totally believable. Or she was actually pregnant. Or she was actually pregnant, which and, is also and possible. And Wujin is in de- denial. Yeah. Or or maybe maybe he did a lot of things with his sister, uh, but he never actually had sex with her because we don't actually see him have sex right, with her. Right, that's true. Uh, and maybe she was fucking people. Like maybe she was having maybe, sex with other people. Maybe and she was pregnant with someone else, <clears throat> someone else's baby. Yeah, I mean, all these things are true. We really don't know enough about her as a character. We really know very not little to, about not to Sua. know for sure. Yeah, no, we don't know. We don't. All know we know about her. her is that she fooled around with her brother and looked at herself in a mirror while she did it. That's all we actually know about her. So it's kind of hard and to make. And she reads to Sylvia Plath. And she reads Sylvia Plath. So I really still that's not much of anything. Yep. So now we're about to get the reveal of of what I I think. This isn't my theory. I think the 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 movie is very clear on what it wants the audience to think, and that is that Mido is definitely Desu's daughter. That he has been having right. an incestuous relationship with his own daughter. But the method in which Wu Jin reveals this to Desu is one that could have been easily forged. Is he humming the song? Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> it's a nice, creepy little touch. It is. Especially after watching the remake and, and seeing Charlton oh, Copley yeah, just that... ham it up. You think that's your daughter? <laughs> Joseph, 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 Joseph. It's, it's not your daughter. It's not your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really bad. <laughs> this, I mean, this guy is like Brando compared to, to Charlton yeah. Copley in that movie. Which sucks because Charlotte Copley is better than that performance. He is way what better than that. What was the movie he was in? That he was in uh, District Nine. Yes, and I liked I liked that him in that movie. I liked that movie He's a lot. Great in that. He's really great in that. Yeah. So okay. So here we get our our reveal moment where we're flipping through the pictures. Okay, baby picture, baby picture. And we see this little toddler, girl grow up. Toddler, a little older. And and then why, I mean, there was a pretty big jump there of like five years or so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could have just put another girl who looked a little similar. I mean, and I, I think that that even, that could even play into a line that Mr. Park says and earlier in the movie. And then here he looks at himself and it's clearly a reference to that painting to that painting, was on his wall because it has it's got the, the laugh and the world laughs with you quote at the bottom. But I think that... If this and also mirror, by the way, mirror. 
Right, another mirror. If this is a forgery, then I think that it also plays into what Mr. Park says to to Desu earlier about uh, about what you imagine or what you think is worse than the reality. So if you don't imagine things or you don't think things, then you're, you'll be tough as hell or you won't have to put up with mm. any of that stuff. You won't have to deal with that stuff psychologically. And I, I think that that would work thematically in this movie if, uh, if you didn't have to worry about any of the hypnotism. You didn't have to worry about any of the complicated plotting or planning or anything to make sure that you've got his actual for real daughter you know, to, to have a relationship with him or anything yeah. like that. And all you do is the first girl that he meets and has a relationship with, Wujin picks up on that because he's got him bugged and he gets photographs of, of that girl, you know, from a young age through whatever means. He's got a lot of money. He could do it. Right. And he forges a photo album and creates the illusion. The illusion that it's his daughter. Because what you imagine is worse, is worse than the than reality. Reality, yeah. I mean, they've already set it up. Like the movie already sets up that that what's in your mind is worse than, or can be worse than the real thing. And I think that 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 could very well, which have in been the, the genre case. of horror is is a, a commonly Gen- used horror. But yeah, well, but yeah, in horror, yeah, in, it is. in horror is. I'm not saying this is a horror. Oh, movie. I thought that's I'm, what you were saying. No, no, I was no, like, no, no. I'm saying like in, it is horrific. In the, in the genre of horror, like that's it's uh, talking about. The things that that you imagine are way worse than the things that actually are. Yeah. Which a lot of directors base their well, the, their the, style on. The best horror directors uh, know that atmosphere and dread are better than right. You know, showing you the most horrible, grotesque, horrific thing that they can think of. I mean, Hitchcock was a master. Of right. That. Exactly. So. Um, but I, I think the movie already kind of sets that up. I think it sets that up, and it could have been an interesting way to go to go about that. Ditch the the hypnotism plot. Ditch the idea that he's actually banging his own daughter, and make it make it about Wu Jin breaking this man's psyche, breaking him psychologically, breaking what, his di- mind. Ditch, you're saying ditch the daughter thing in the sense of trying so hard to make it fit. Like trying yes. so hard to make us believe right. that it really try, is try, his daughter. Yes, exactly. Trying so hard to plot it in such a way that the audience has to believe that, oh, it's definitely his daughter. Without a doubt, Wu Jin believes it's his daughter. Desu believes it's his daughter. And in the world of the movie, it's his daughter, period. I think that the more interesting story is that this man breaks another man's psyche for the purposes of revenge by creating an illusion in his head that he is he has done something that he has done something with his daughter that he actually hasn't done i mean it's you know you saying that made me think of something else kind of not really off topic but the the idea that this movie is a revenge story but it's not desu's revenge no it's not Eugene's revenge nope he everything he does plays into Eugene's revenge and we we spend this whole movie thinking that that Desu is out for revenge and that he's going to get revenge. And actually he doesn't. And, and it doesn't matter. His revenge doesn't matter. This is a revenge story, but it's Wu Jin's. So, and here we go with the begging moment. This movie could use a little more Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he, he was fun in the remake. He's He's always fun. He, he is always fun and he was fun in the remake. I swear before God and eight motherfucking white people. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the right. best line in that movie. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he was fun in that. He made up for some of the other terrible things in that movie. 
the soundtrack Sounds, to this movie the soundtrack to this movie is nothing but that purple design it's got no words on it the album cover for the the soundtrack really? of this movie is just the purple design that's cool isn't that cool i do like the soundtrack to this movie uh it's weird though there's a lot of weird weird uh instrument choices and weird melody choices and stuff uh in it that it's certainly not um uh i guess traditional like a traditional kind of movie score mm, yeah there's a lot of weird stuff well, there going are times on, when they've got like on. like like in the in the previous scene we had sort of electronic kind mm-hmm. of stuff too and and at times there were sort of like dance club sort of sounding themes mm-hmm. like in the fights and stuff and then in the previous one it was very ambient sounding but um, then you've got like the main theme which is kind of a lullaby mm-hmm. kind of sounding thing it's very strange very eclectic soundtrack yeah. it, it, not, it's not even a sound, soundtrack it's a score it's right, a very eclectic right. score, score. Uh, and I really like it I've been listening to it a little I bit I get really frustrated when I'm trying to look up a score and people keep title it as soundtracks and so this is uh, where Desu breaks. And this is also the scene where you learn how scary the Korean language can sound. Oh, yes, it can. I really don't ever want to hear a Korean person yelling at me in Korean. No, I don't either. I mean, I've, in Japanese, it's scary enough when they get like all Yankee. In Japanese. Yeah, I mean, you watch it in movies and you're like, oh, he's a cool, tough guy or Ooh, he's a yakuza yeah. or something Look at that like that. Yakuza. Rolling his but R's when it and actually stuff. happens in real life Shit, and your you're scary. around that, yeah. it, like it's you really don't want to be there anymore and you just want to crawl in a hole. Yeah, because in context and you and you hear them break those. Uh, they break all the, the formality rules and, and, and stuff, kind of stuff and yeah. start rolling their R's and yeah. it's really unsettling and i assume that that experiencing someone do the same thing in korean is probably probably has the same effect because it certainly has asian languages are scary when people get angry they can be they can be really intimidating it's true but this is um despite the fact that he's got a nice new haircut and he's got a nice Suit with a big collar and he's threatened, he's, he's cool. baked, and now he's going to cry and begin to lick shoes. Yeah. And we see the reference this, this to was, Evergreen uh, and Old Boy in the school song right there. That was improvised. What? That song was improvised. That's that's uh Min Sik Choi singing his own high sc- his own high school's anthem, but just replacing it with the the name of the of the school for from, real yeah that was ad-libbed wow i mean i'm he's, saying that not because it was an amazing a, no. song but because he's I a mean, tremendous actor <laughs> because of the illusions that 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 were made in yes. that in those two little brief moments right there yep and they were believable mm-hmm. like totally believable that just came off it came out of his head that wasn't in the script wow that's fantastic yes he's an incredible actor that knows what he's doing he licks a lot of things do you remember the scene where he licks his hand yes, earlier in the, the movie with the rain yeah he he gets like obsessive licking in a few scenes and and, and at this here, point i feel like they're equals like at this point i feel like they're both kind of not kind of they're both despicable people who've done horrible things to right. other people and they kind of deserve each other but they've now gi- they've given each other licks right I mean, and they're both laughing and acting crazy, and exactly like Desu's wife is dead. 
she was murdered by Wu Jin. Yeah. She is dead. So as far as like body count goes, they're one for one. And I, I do I agree. I think that they're even. If if we're saying that Daisu killed Sua, which is if we're saying, really yeah. indirect. So. It is. It is. And oh, the tongue. Oh, that was hard. Oh, tongue. It gives me chills. <laughs> the the moment right here where he spits all the blood into the water is kind of worse for me. Oh, oh, just the mouthfuls of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Uh, the really bad. As I understand, you can though. die from bloodlust just from cutting off a tongue, right? Is there, is there a major like artery or something? A major bloodline? I I thought I had heard something. I mean, not that I know a lot about that or science or anything like that. Tennessee education. Oh, by the way, speaking of us not knowing a lot about anything ever. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to bring this up. In the last episode in The Matrix, when we were talking about Baudrillard and trying to sound smart, talking about philosophy and stuff, yeah. uh, one of our one of our listeners and friends who studied a lot more philosophy than we did um, informed us that we were mispronouncing the book. <laughs> it, it is The name of the book is not, as we were saying, it is not simulacra and simulation. It is simulacra and simulation. Yeah, so, so the point is... Don't believe anything we say. Take take everything we say, especially when it comes to philosophy, with a grain of salt or yeah. a grain of sand. A grain of sand or a rock, if you will, because, because they are the water, same thing. They both sink alike. <laughs> so, but I do agree that they are kind of equals at this point. And you know what? I think they kind of deserve each other. I do too. I, I mean, I and. It, it, you know, Mr. Hans out like of the question. Like in this moment here where they're where he's just gonna kill himself through his head. Mr. Like, Mr. Hans out of the question. Wu Jin even said earlier that, that Desu is strong because of him, that he has created a strong monster. Desu should be his new bodyguard. And that's that's the condition. That's the condition <sighs> that, that he doesn't tell Mito about their ancestors' and he's got, relationship. He's got the cloth in his mouth, like when when uh, he stuck it in Park's mouth for the After tooth. After pulling out his teeth, mm-hmm. yep. The yep. blood-soaked cloth. And this remote control, we will now learn, does not actually turn off the pacemaker uh, in Wujin's chest. But in fact, turns on the stereo system and plays a, a choice piece of uh of audio oh no namely the audio from the night that desu and mido banged (laughs) to use the parlance of our times oh my gosh speaking of the big lebowski what the tongue is like bunny lebowski's toe disembodied toe Uh uh-huh disembodied tongue is that so I can get you a tongue dude I can get you a tongue by three o'clock this afternoon with a tongue ring <laughs> you're silly look at this, this pre- look at this pretentious shot Lebowski. right here with his head way over to the left of the screen you see that I saw it <laughs> uh, so now he's just gonna sit here and wallow in the dulcet tones of <laughs> daughter banging oh my gosh uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get a flashback with um with Wu Jin and his sister at at the dam, um, 
And that's going to bring us pretty close to to the end of the movie. We've got we're closing in on just about ten minutes left. Mm. <clears throat> this this flashback here. You know what we haven't talked about is the use of flashbacks in this in this movie. Generally, I'm I'm not. It's not that I'm not a fan. I just think they're mostly misused or they're used unnecessarily or they're used when a when a different method could have portrayed the same thing in a better way right um and and i mean at times flashbacks are a great uh a choice it's a narrative tool that 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 can be beneficial to a story but it can also be detrimental to, to a story if it's used in a way that that doesn't that doesn't feel natural to the progression of exposition to, to delivering information right. to the audience. Um, and the, the, when it's not something that pulls you, pulls you and distracts yes. you from, it, it from can, what's going on, it if, can, it, if it complements right. it, like its purpose is to obviously to expose information, to deliver information to the audience about the plot, but the very nature of flashbacks pull the audience out. Right. Right. I think this movie does it well. I do too. I think the the flashback uh, at the high school is one of my favorite portions of the movie. Yeah, it's so yeah, well I agree. Yeah, I think this movie does it really well. Um, this shot right here, where his he's holding his hand out over the dam, and he pulls his thumb back, and you hear the gun cock. It's really, really great little bit of sound design. Uh yeah, nice. And then, then he blows his brains out. The the other thing this movie does that I generally don't like in movies and that it does really I'm, well. I I was going to say this. Narration. Yep. Yep. It does. Narration, much like flashbacks, uh, is used to deliver information to the audience. And more times than not, it's completely unnecessary. It's over-expository. Or it, 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 it you know, deigns to tell rather than show well, right, it is the which essence is, of which telling is the, rather than showing the which is like the most basic writing 101 criticism that that you can get which is oh show don't tell and then when mm-hmm. you use a visual medium like a movie mm-hmm. and you tell instead of show it's like really really why there's really no reason right now yeah. but at times a narration can be fantastic for a movie it can complement it in such a way and in this movie it really it can give you insight into a, a character's thought process that you would have no other way of getting it's so it's almost subtle in this movie the way it's used oh it's, it is I, I think it is i like the narration in this movie i think it works it it adds to it yes additive that's instead that's of, the, that is the key word it is additive to instead the of distracting from the experience or irritating me by making me go I know duh okay I can see it happening yep absolutely it adds to his character and it I mean some of the wittiest moments it at times it gives us comic relief in an otherwise really really upsetting movie Mm -hmm. so yeah I love the narration in this movie and you know what to 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 the to the remakes benefit or to the credit of the remake I think its flashbacks are also pretty good. I like I like the flashbacks in the remake too. I don't 
remember them, them in the house, like the, especially like them in the mansion with the father of the antagonist walking around and, and shotgunning his family. Oh, uh, and- yes. But however, that makes me remember that in the remake, they had to like up the ante and it wasn't incest between a brother and a sister, but it was an incest with like a whole, whole family. family. Like the daughter is, is fucking the dad and then the dad, the dad is, is also is fucking having, his son. Yeah. And then uh, the wife. The, uh, you would hope, I guess. <laughs> hope? Do I hope? <laughs> At least. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, they they did kind of up the ante. And then threw the whole fake daughter thing in there for good measure. Yeah, We've like the thing on that. the TV We've, where... Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. But it's... No thanks. No thanks. Um, there is a single solitary point that I think the remake excels over the original. Only one. I know what you're going to say. It's the ending. Yep. We're closing in on the ending right now. Right now, we're the, the hypnotist is, uh, like I said before when I talked about the fan theory, um, the hypnotist is now separating Desu from his monstrous self, separating mm. uh, and trying to erase those those bad memories. And the monster has turned around and it walks away and will will die. Right. And he will be left with just his good memories. And at the end, when Mido finds him in the snow. Oh, and look, and look, the, I mean, for another set of imagery saying that we lost one half and it's all on that the the. Yes, the reel to reel. Reel to reel, and it's only on one side it's now. One one side is empty. The other side is. Yeah has got the tape, has got memories, if you right. recorded information. Um, and Mito finds him in the snow. Uh, they embrace, and he smiles initially, and then his face kind of distorts and turns into the face he was making when he was mimicking the the painting mm-hmm. in, in the cell, uh, where it's somewhere between... Laughing and crying. Laughing and crying, somewhere between sorrow and joy. It's a very... You know, very strange face, but it creates an ambiguous ending. Now, I say that to say, more times than not, nine times out of ten, if a movie has an ambiguous ending, I like it. I like it because it generates discussion. The problem I have with this movie having an ambiguous ending... uh, It's just one question that we're discussing? Is that, yeah, it's, it's... The question is... Simple. It, there, there's no discussion to be had. It is as simple as saying... Does he remember? Does he remember that he's banging his daughter? Does or he does not does he remember? not? Oh, well. It really bothers me that even, even on a rewatch of this, I tricked myself into believing that he was going to get hypnotized to forget that he had had sex with his daughter. However... That's not the case. He's going to get hypnotized to just forget that it's his daughter who he's continuing to have sex with. Right. I definitely can't argue with the fact that in the American not a, remake, not exactly where a happy ending in what and you can say what what he does in the American in the remake. American re- remake, he atones for his sins. Sins being a, a concept that you know is is throughout this movie not so much they don't really bring up the christian uh, uh oh, ideology and here we get the crazy smile which strange strangely actually be, being an american remake 
Uh, no, but they don't really they don't really get into the Christian ideology in the in the remake at all. But but he gets he locks himself up. He, yeah, he atones for his sins by taking some of the money from uh, the the antagonist character and paying for himself to be locked up. He's he's punishing himself. And then and then he doesn't tell his daughter that he was her father and he just sends her off and with she, money to with to money. leave uh, to lead a probably a happier life free of guilt. Whereas in this movie he just continues having sex, sex with her. So. Yep. That's exactly what he does. So I can't argue with the fact that I feel a little better at the end of the American movie. Well, the American movie, if you can call it a happy ending, it's got a little bit more of an upbeat ending. But I don't think it's even that it's upbeat. I think that it offers the kind of closure that is that is better than the go-nowhere question that is, is he or isn't he remembering that he's banging his daughter? I, I mean, And I, either way, I it guess, doesn't matter. He's still banging his daughter. I, well, I guess that the question remains, does he remember or doesn't he? And if he does... Is he still going to is do it? Is he still going to do it? Why wouldn't he still do it? He's done it all this time. So right. he's still going to do it anyways. And, but the, and, that's, and I that's mean, that was as, the whole like, Right, thing that's as between... far as the discussion goes. I think there's lots to talk about in this movie, but an ambiguous ending that is supposed to generate discussion doesn't really do what it's supposed to because there's no discussion there. I prefer the American uh, ending because that there is some closure and it makes sense for him to do that. I think it makes sense for his character to atone for his own sins in that way. Yeah. And it's cyclical. It puts him back where he was at the beginning of the but movie. But I mean, Dace is a monster, right? Yeah. So he's doing monstrous things and he's continuing to have sex with a woman who doesn't know that she is his daughter. He learned how to deal with it, just like Wujin and Sua learned how to deal with it, because Wujin makes a comment about that specifically before he gets in the elevator and says, we loved each other despite all of it, and we we dealt with it. Can you? And I guess he can. So, um, Min Sik Choi actually trained for six weeks and lost 20 pounds to be in this movie. Wow. And it's nothing like uh, four months in the mountains. No. Carrying buckets matrix. of water. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I guess that's going to bring us to the end of another episode of the Popcorn Poops podcast. As always, you can find us on our blog at popcornpoops.blogspot.com. You can send us an email at thepopcornpoops at gmail.com. Please subscribe to us on iTunes where you can leave us a little rating and review. And we just received our second uh, five-star review, our second review overall, but our second five-star review as well from Username Anxiety, who left lots and lots of kind words. Please go and do the same. You can also like us on Facebook where we just broke 100 likes, which is really great. I think we're up to like 124 or something now. It's awesome. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Popcorn Poops. You can follow me individually on Twitter. I am at Dusty Cram Cram. I'm at Jesse Casper. And until next week, take care. Bye bye. We are the Popcorn Poops. <laughs>